Welcome to the Lords of Loud. We're four music fans from Australia who've turned our old email debates into this podcast. I'm Lord Ben, and if we were the Beatles, I'd obviously be the smart one, but modest too. With me as always is Lord Brett, the funny one, only because we've seen him dance, Lord Kev, the quiet one, because he can't clip on a mic, and Lord Al, the cute one, with the perfect face for any podcast. Welcome back to the Lords of Loud, and thanks again for joining us on another exciting episode. We're all pumped, aren't we? Woo, folks, Woo. come on. I'm just happy to be here. When are you? <laughs> happy to be happy alive. Happy to be still alive. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You started <laughs> off quite, you know, a mainstream DJ there. Hey, <laughs> welcome back to the Lords of Loud. Working on that too. We got DJ. Let's go, KZ Co. Hey, welcome back to K1 and Stacks and Stacks of Wax and Tracks. That's it. <laughs> so, um, wax and Cracks. Tonight's episode. Wax and <laughs> Tonight's episode is we're talking about uh, sort of the, our, our favorite or the best or wherever you want to approach it. This is solos and sides. So this is, you know, people who, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, no. Sorry, sorry. We've had a casualty. <laughs> oh, I'm just corpsed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll keep going. So this is solos and sides. So this is uh, you know, your favourite or your best or whatever you want to approach it. Um, people who have left bands and, and had you know, successful solo careers or, or have done side projects which have been either interesting or successful or uh, you know, however you want to sort of rate it. Uh, but of course... First thing we have to do is the important segment, and that is Album of the Week. And uh, this week, I've actually got an album I've been listening to, and that is Art of Fighting's new album, which is uh, Lunar Low. And it's their only their fourth studio album. Uh, for those who have listened to the podcast before, and in particular the... Um, top 10. Top 10 Aussie songs. They were at number one, and that was a, with a track off their first album in 2002, so between in those 17 years, they've only released four uh, albums. They're all very good albums. I'd encourage anyone to go back and listen to the other three. But this one is also, uh, if you like those others, this is a continuation for them. Not really breaking any new territory on this one, uh, but just more of the same. Beautiful melodies, some lovely lyrics, great performances on this. Um, so yeah, go so, out and... So do you know why only four? Um, do they have side projects? Slackers. They do. Oh. Ollie, is it Ollie Brown, the lead singer and main uh, sort of songwriter? Yeah, he yeah. does a few little side things. Yeah. Um, I think it's more that they haven't, they just haven't been a band that's achieved that sort of commercial level of success. So it's more of a, you know, when we get around to it type of, sure. you know, when we've um, got enough songs together and then can, I guess, get the funds together to, mm. to get an album out, that type of deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, but... Really, it's a shame because they are really one of the best Australian bands of the last you know, 20 years or so. So, mm. uh, no, so go out and check that one out. Sometimes I see the moonstruck madness in your eyes. I know if you get loaded, you capsize. And of course, we have a sponsor this episode. Who is it, Ben? So we're very lucky this episode. We've got uh, 
We've got uh, the album that sponsors this episode is Warren Carr plays twin honky-tonk pianos. Oh, what? wow. So not content with a single That's wow. right. honky-tonk yeah. piano. How does he play two at once? He actually plays two at once. Wow. Well, yeah. it's a trade secret apparently, but... And this album, I mean, seriously, talk about your value for money. This has got 20 tracks packed onto it. It's going to be In fact, they're great party favourites. Yeah. TV special. It's party favourites. We've got like Happy Birthday, Sweet 16 on here. We've got the Black and White Rag. Oh, the Entertainer. Entertainer, of course. Mm. Oh, he butchers Yellow Submarine on here as well. (laughs) Choo Choo. Alley Cat, oh, uh, with, hey? with twin honky tonks. I tell you what, thanks. Would that be? That's an album that you take in the bunker. <laughs> it's a bunker album, right in the bunker. Oh, the Chattanooga Choo Choo. <laughs> oh, as well. wow, uh-huh. wow. So that's part of me soft. So that's on the uh, that's on the old Endeavor label. That's right. Uh, that well known. Now is there a date on there? Where, where are they Brent? off again? Where are they? Where are they going? The from? Endeavor. Endeavor? Oh, oh, one of the one of wow. the great Australian. No, I don't even know if they're Australian. Who knows where they are? Okay. One of the great labels. Looking, looking for a, a, a 1980. Oh, what a great, what a great yeah. year for a twin honky tonk. Honky twin honky tonk. <laughs> it never really got any better, did it? No. After the not twin. Yeah. I think they tried. No three. They tried three at one point, yeah. but it just couldn't. They couldn't get it working. Yeah. But it's too but, noisy. Too much. <laughs> yeah. But let's give a shout out to the backing band, yeah. right? In particular, Merv mm, on yeah. bass. Hey. Yep. Just straight from the pub. Well, there's drums. And bass. <laughs> that's all you and need. Twin, and your twin yeah. piano. Honestly, oh. honestly, that's all you need when you've got yeah. twin honky-tonk. You don't yeah. want to flutter you it up. Don't you don't want to muddy up the sound. You don't want to muddy the sound of the honky-tonk. No, right. And, uh, and, and we'll, we'll put up a, a photo on Instagram. Absolutely. Al won't uh, have a look at it. Uh, oh. And so a shout-out to the cover design from Sheedy and Reed. Uh, and photography, because, I mean, honestly, it's the, it's the most beautiful. The way, they've, the way they've captured the twin twin keys on the front mm. is, is, is impressive. There's some there's some early Photoshop happening there, I'm going to yeah, say. I, I yeah, so. no, so, I think so. So early, it, it I think he's like, got four, four arms. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> four arms and two curved pianos. Well, and, it. And, uh, and some liver spots as well on his hands. <laughs> so we didn't touch them up. Uh, what's really interesting, though, uh, speaking to some of the editors in the room, is there some really dodgy spacing in that? <laughs> that is interesting. <laughs> you know, we've got some we extra should, spaces. We could probably do a whole we'll segment just on typesetting. And, That's right. so. <laughs> and uh, let's do it. And let's do it now. That would be perfect. Any in the podcast. <laughs> let's uh, let's cancel our regular broadcast and let's <laughs> talk about typesetting. Let's get into typesetting. Woo. Yes. Anyway, do yourself a favour. I think you'll find uh, Endeavour Records. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, Twenty-eight Cross Street, Brookvale, right. New South Wales. So everyone, oh, get down yeah. there. Knock on the door. The yeah, home of honky tonk, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's the home well, of honky tonk. Yeah. See, see if they've still got a few thousand copies left. Yep. That's right. Just knock on the door anyway. The entire and building. And ask for a copy <laughs> of Warren Carr plays twin honky tonk pianos. Will do. And oh, another classic. Tell them the Lord sent you. Tell them. Yes. Yep. Well, tell them the Lord sent mm-hmm. you. That's right. They might give you a discount. <laughs> Right, so what are we right. uh, what are we getting into tonight, man? So this is solos and sides. So who wants to kick us off with a a solo or a side project that they thought was particularly interesting or well, it's interesting, or successful. Or? It, it is interesting, and I like I like how you you're you're suggesting that it might it might be that solo project that uh, after you've left the band or the side project while you're in the band. Yep. Um, and I tried to stay for mine. I tried to stay away from yeah the obvious, you know. So for those um, people will be devastated that I'm not going to mention uh, Paul McCartney. Tonight. Oh, I was going to say 
world. Yeah. And the same um, thing, the, you know, the two things that would come to my mind, uh, Lennon's Plastic Ono Bean, yeah. George Harrison, all things. So I'm going to stay away from sort I'm of a fairly obvious ones to the most Thomas part. Thomas you know. <laughs> so here's, here's my, here's my semi-obvious one, Rod Stewart. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, an old raincoat, whatever let you down. Nine sixty nine, and and he this was his side project. Although, you know, people would suggest that start of his solo career. Yeah. Start of his solo career. Uh, so he's in the faces. He's yep. in the faces. Okay, in the faces. and um, people below forty five, below sixty five. <laughs> nice. Can't, nice. So can't rip on the faces here. We're doing ageism as well. No. Um, uh, and of course, this one, uh, th- this album for me, Handbags and Glen Ra- Glad Rags is, oh, is a classic. classic. Ever seen a young girl growing old trying to make herself a So that's my first one. So you're right in the pocket. I'm going to go go straight straight into my pocket with... Straight in the pocket? Straight into my pocket with um, the Pixies, whose offshoot band, The Breeders, were arguably uh, more successful. But the offshoot of the offshoot, are you with me, is um, Kim Deal's wonderful punk outfit, The the Amps, who um, released an album called Pacer and Faded Away. Uh, Born Brightly and Faded Away, it has to be. It was a great little album... And she just was in the prime. I mean, she's just in the Pixies. She's in the Breeders. Just knocks us off the side. I think they, they put out maybe two or three albums, but um, mm. just the um, the sheer talent she had to be able to just mm. put you know tunes together and put mm. records out at that time. Yeah, the amps. Do yourself a favour. Do yourself a favour. Check them out. Go out and check them out. out. Yeah, check out Bragging Party. Brilliant. Can't beat it with a stick. Um, sorry, Al. Did you? No, no, no. Lord Ben. Yeah. Thank you, Lord <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I had uh, the project, the side project that uh, Daniel Johns from Silverchair and Paul Mack from oh, yes. Scratchy Bits, yeah. the Dissociatives, yeah. Yeah. Mm. which is fantastic. Mm. Really, really yeah, some great yeah. sort of. Uh, uh, well, it's just it's like electronic slash pop sounds really you know a while back I, I played or mentioned an album by the Broken Bells um, which was by the lead singer of the Shins and that but this is a it's I guess it's in that similar vein this is a sort of a real poppy uh, electronica sort of obviously with Paul Mack influence and things like oh. that so yeah great great album if, if nobody's if it, you know if there's people like they haven't heard of it or, or especially overseas visitors um, I was going to say it charted really well 
didn't it? Yeah, in Australia, it had, they had a couple so, of singles. Yeah, had, had a real good breakthrough. Um, but yeah, it probably didn't get much play outside of Australia. So yeah, go check that out. Are they are they still going? No, they just did the one because well, originally they did that. I uh, can't believe it's not butter EP. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sorry, can't believe it's not butter. Can't believe it's not rock. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing I have no idea what it was called, so it could have, it could have been called that. Yeah. Like, yeah. They did, yeah, they did like a little it's unusual. But uh, yeah, there we go. And then a couple of years later, yeah, uh, decided they'd, they'd make it into a sort of a full project and, and did the dissociatives. Um, uh, you know, it's almost, yeah, it's a band that I, or, you know, a, a, a partnership that I'd, I'd love them to come back and do a, another album or two. But yeah, well, yeah, I love it. Love that album. Well, I've got uh, I've got one, and I've only got one. But it's, it's the one. It's the one. It's an impressive one. Uh, it's impre- well, it's impressive to me. Okay, so um, you've only got one. Yeah, that's what she said. So uh, Mike Patton is a singer for mm-hmm. Faith No More. Yes. Uh, so he's also um, done a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of his first things was another band called Mr. Bungle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and unfortunately, he had graced us several times with tracks yes. from Mr. Bungle. Right. No, I think I've only done it once. Twice. Twice. And that was in a lost episode. Twice. 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 Yeah, there's a few in there. Yeah, there's been Wasn't a there a closet one? one? Or did we lose that one? I think we lost that one. Sure. I think that was the first, the first one. Um, fans, so, so fans, anyway. Our fans are disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> they should be. Because, uh, so, uh, Mike started in Mr. Bungle. Uh, he, uh, this is a, like, North California band. Um, made up a bunch of music geeks and um, nerds generally. Like, uh, I think the uh, guitarist <laughs> ended up ordering a Devo red, you know, hat. Yeah, yeah, flower pot hat, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. and he and another friend, uh, yeah, rocked up to high school in them. And got seriously bashed <laughs> for wearing them, which inspired them to, you know, pursue music. Um, anyway, so Mike was uh, in this band, Mr. Bungle. They did a few EPs. Um, if they had kept on as they were, they probably would never have ever scored <laughs> a major, well, not a major, but any record deal with a major mm-hmm. label. Um, however, uh, at one point, um, Faith No More, Faith No More were playing they had a different singer at that stage. Uh, they, one thing led to another and Mike Patton got invited to sing for Faith No More. So they became hugely successful. Mm. Um, so they that was 90, 80, yeah, 90, around about then, um, that Faith No More did their debut, which then meant that Mike could uh, take Mr. Bungle with him on this crazy ride and they also got signed Oh, okay. So, yeah. so he was in two bands at that point. He was, and so Faith No More was really the side project for him, uh, starting mm. with Mr. Bungle. Yeah, right. Um, okay. So I didn't know that. I, I don't know. Yeah, I just assumed that. 
Yeah, yeah. So he's, on Law was his main project, and yeah, yeah. I mean, it very quickly became yeah. his main project. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and Mr. Bungle was a uh, you know interesting curiosity. Mm. Um, so they did three albums. Um, one was soon after they got the deal, and mm. Faith and More was still fresh in people's minds. Mm. Um, and then they did another couple, but they did like like Mr. Bungle started off as just speed slash death metal. and then they added some scar <laughs> as you would, as you yeah. would. Yeah. and then some jazz yeah. and then some funk well then it, it really so, got that zapper-esque sort of thing yeah, yeah, they just started yeah. to throw all kinds of stuff in yeah, there yeah. yeah it got pretty crazy and so their first album was very much uh, very metal mm. but with these other influences and then their other two albums started becoming much more just diverse. some of it was like soundtrack there was okay um I can't list all the genres people have. Mm, it's just mm. this amazing variety. And so the thing that it did for Mike as a singer was it gave him the opportunity to do a whole bunch of different styles. Yeah. Mm. He did different languages. <laughs> um, so once he kind of finished with Faith No More, uh, as it was wrapping up, he started his own record label. And so he's done other bands which are a little more cultish, I guess, like Tomahawk and Phantomass. And peeping Tom, and he's done mm. um, soundtracks. He's uh, he's got to be one of the more prolific sort of guys out there, like yeah, musicians out absolutely. there. Absolutely, yeah. And just Keeps, so like you know, you look at people like you know, Jack White, like he yes, he's yeah, got yeah. you know, a couple of, you know, quite a few sort of side mm. things on the go. But yeah, someone like Mike Patton's just got yeah, yeah, bloody million projects. It's like he's yeah. just bursting with so much yeah. stuff that yeah. he, he does, need, he's, he's different still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, uh, the album that I was playing earlier was uh, Italian uh, pop songs from the 50s and 60s. <laughs> wow. So he can sing it all mm. in Italian, and he's, like, he learned it as an adult. And, uh, you know, he's gone on tour with this orchestra playing this stuff. And, but then he'll turn around and he did the, like, the <laughs> speaking of zombies recently, mm. um, he did all the zom- zombie effects and weird, shitty noises ah. um, on uh, I Am Legend with uh, yeah. Will Smith. Yeah, so, yeah right. Those, wow. you know, he's just phenomenal. So mm. he's got so many side projects, but the one that I know best of all is Mr. Bungle. Sure. Um, if Faith No More is seen as his own one. It's obviously he's a side project artist. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And if you, and if you swap it, it's even more amazing when you yeah. look at you know, Mr. Mm. Bungle and Faith No More is a side yeah, project. If that's so, a, yeah, if that's yeah, the side project. Yeah, well yeah, yeah. yeah, done all right. All right, Kev, do you have something? Well, um, go with uh, Electronic, who, again, back in the back in the late 80s, early 90s, I think, they um, popped up. And this was... Um, at the end of two Manchester supergroups, you had Johnny Marr swinging free, and you had Bernard Summer from New Order running free, and um, they started to put out dance music together, um, um, poppy dance 
tracks, you know, and, and for both of them, you could sense this relief and release from their, you know, constraint of, you know, super group experiences. And mm. um, it was just a light, airy, breezy sound. It was very free, you know, and that's, mm. the, that's the, the feeling you got off it. And anyone who was a fan of those bands was excited to see what they would do together. And yep. It, yep. it sort of, um, yeah, it, it, it lived up to those expectations, um, you know, and became a nice moment in time. New Order, famously a offshoot of yeah. Joy Division, Johnny, and yeah. mm-hmm. Johnny Marr is an interesting guy because he became that journeyman guitarist where yeah, he, he went off and had his lots of little projects. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He he sat in with um, Modest Mouse for a while, and um, you know, and he's he's done solo stuff, and uh, it's always been worthwhile and interesting to listen to, and you know, um, but that was the start of his. You know, ongoing. He didn't just go into a studio mm. and hide himself away, and like he was, he was prepared to be out there in the world, and uh, yeah, yeah and, and and the world's a better place for it. And then that was the first step on that wee journey. So cool. mm. that's well, that little story. There you go. Mm. So I have a tale of two cities. So two guys from the same band, and and for me, one that you know both had side projects. One was good, one was bad, um, and it's. Uh, Keith Richards doing and the expensive winos doing Talk is Cheap, which is which is a great album. And then Jagger going out and doing his album, which oh, can't, yep. can't remember what it's called anymore. No, nobody um, can. And no one cared. No. No one actually cared. Surprisingly, it, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just terrible. And and So what uh, was this? Uh, early eighties. Early eighties. Would have been it was a late very late seventies. Let me have a quick look here. Um, eighty eight was was um, uh, Richards, talk okay. as cheap as his first one, and probably um, similar around the time for uh, for Jagger. But yeah, it's so interesting that that Richard just goes out and and, and, I, and I don't know, it's just got a bit more feel to it. Mm. And Jagger, think, it, Mick was it's just one of those things where you've got such a, a charismatic frontman, one of the great frontmen of mm. all time. You'd think with you know, some good writers behind him. Yeah, yeah. It would be a no-brainer that he could go out yeah. and have a solo career. You know, yeah, cool. but I guess you think about it in the context. Like Freddie Mercury is the same. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Again, one of the great frontmen of all time. Yeah, we've talked about that last season. And but tried to have a solo career, couldn't. You know, just yeah, couldn't crack it. Was, yeah. Like, what is it about that that's? You know, yeah. you think that you know, for most people, they they are the band. Like you know, a lot of people yeah. feel like they're the front person. They're out oh. there. They're the band. How do they not be able to go on and mm. at least have a couple of hits or something or yeah. a couple of singles, whatever? Because Richard's even followed up with Main Offender, his third mm. album, which was released much later. Yeah, so She's the Boss is was his first She's solo. Boss, yeah. yeah, terrible uh, album. Terrible. Actually, yeah, yeah. unsurprisingly, <laughs> I've, I've got it on LP. Um, 1985. Three yeah, so that's, that's, that's much later than I thought. I thought it was much earlier than that. Yeah. Anyway. Because that, yeah. that was in the time totally of forgettable. feuding. Mm. When when Richard mm. was trying to get the band together and Jagger wanted to go yep. through their own thing, so after a while, mm. I think Richard got shit off and just went and did his did his own thing. And again, mm. it was like I said, successful for two albums. Yep. Um, 
But yeah, you can sort of think, well, that's a bit of a kick <clears> in, the, it's funny, in the ego it? for Mick Jagger. Yeah. There's probably another, and don't want to get too deep into it this episode, but there's probably a whole other, you know, episode on doing, because you've got, you look at, yeah, like that, you would think of all the bands, you know, you'd name the couple, you know, top yeah. three most famous yeah. bands of all time, Stones would be there. How does yeah. someone like Jagger not be able to go out and have a solo career? Yeah. You had like Don Henley. Um, yeah, yes, uh, from the right. Eagles yeah. was able to go off and have a successful solo career. Um, even Glenn Fry had a couple of hits. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it may yeah. even just be that people just saw them so much as a band. You know, I mean, yeah, Queen yeah. especially. You know, I mean, they were. It's a, worth probably delving into that a little sort bit. Sort of cartoonish, you know, unit where you just wanted them all together like the Eagles. Yeah. You break it apart. Well, the fans aren't really <clears> behind it because <throat> they want mm, the band to be together. Yeah. You know, no, I think I find it fascinating. It'd be good to explore it further. So failed solo project. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> topic. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's just Alan's life. Oi. Oh, oh. Uh, well, he's, he's had some failed teamwork stuff as well. It's all round up. That's right. Nice. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to someone who you wouldn't necessarily think of, um, you know, as, as a solo artist. And that, and that's from Radiohead. Now, obviously, people, you know, people think of Tom York. He's gone off and done a couple of solo albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Greenwood's gone off and done soundtracks and, and other work. Uh, but uh, Phil Selway has actually released two solo albums, and his second solo album, in particular, Weatherhouse, is a excellent, excellent album. And I'd encourage people to go out and listen to that. Okay. So does Phil play for those? He's a drum. Does he still play drums? In the yeah, yeah, but he plays drums, but he's, I think he actually plays some guitar on this as well, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great. It's a just a, a lovely album. Just a mm. nice, mm. It's, nothing, you know, it's not rocky, it's just a nice sort of almost a folky mm. pop sort of thing mm-hmm. he's got going on. And yeah, nice, nice album. interesting too isn't it as these bands get big and they you know and and what tends to happen is they need to focus on other things between albums because mm. um, you talk about Johnny Marr uh, both Johnny Marr and Phil uh, went touring with Neil Finn for a while yeah and did you know and working on his and like Radio had notoriously stuff. long gaps between yeah, yeah. albums so you've got to do something you got to do something yeah, yeah. that's right mm. I've got I've got one more for you and it's um uh I'm not going to be able to remember his name now. Basically, the guy Rocky. <laughs> I'm calling him Rocky because that's his first name. I can't remember his second. But his um, his name, um, <laughs> project is um, Wooden Ships, and they're this um, psychedelic group. And he does fantastic, groovy, psychedelic rock. And um, his offshoot project is called Mundio, and it's groovy psychedelic rock <laughs> right. um, but it's just two of them guess what instead of a band it's just the two it's, um, like, it's like twin honky talk so it's kind of like the, <laughs> oh, yes. the, it's not really a side project because it's just the same type of music I mean mm-hmm. there's something about that kind of drone-ish trancey kind of music which mm-hmm. just goes on and on you know mm-hmm. you love that groove or you don't and I, I, I happen to yeah. um, 
so you're just delighted because there's another band in the world that just sounds the same kind of thing <laughs> um, with a slightly different instrumental kind of um, twist to it but um, the funny thing about this one of the reasons I was reminded of it because Heidi and I are actually going to see them next week and all that's happened with these guys is they've, they're very small compared to wooden ships so when they come you see them in much smaller venues mm. No, not I'm not saying nobody knows that they're the same guy but it's mm. out of mm. sheer coincidence Heidi and I have been to see them twice already yeah. um, because we saw them the first time we liked it so let's do it again mm. and now that they're back in Brisbane again we're like well we have to go they're a yeah. man they'll be expecting us you know <laughs> come, they'll come for us uh, yeah yeah and then other nice thing is that it's him and his wife or girlfriend I think and so it's kind of like they're a wee gang you know and you're like there you go maybe he's watching the other band and this is girlfriend ah, no no it's all lads in the other band so I don't know maybe you know <laughs> yeah. um, could be married to one of them don't know um, but that yeah they're, they're a great um, a great twist on that whole offshoot project as I say because it's not that entirely different but mm. it is yeah. just a, a just a, a difference in the um, the output and if you like stuff mm. there's more of it and hey. yeah. yeah good one mm. do you have any more there Brett that you want yeah. to mention um, mm. So one one side, not sorry, one solo project that just seemed to uh, start with a bang uh, was Björk. So she was in the Sugar, Sugar Cubes, mm-hmm. and I was a fan of Sugar Cubes. If you haven't listened to Sugar Cubes playing Birthday, it's just the most amazing vocal performance she does. So at ninety three, she um, at ninety three, well, she waited a lot. <laughs> <laughs> she waited, but in nineteen, I do have a great story for you about that. One time, I was watching Breakfast TV in the UK yeah, yeah. back in the late eighties, and um, they put this song on. Think it well, they wow. put, put the records, up, uh, put the cards up, and you know, in the old days, they'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, and it's um, Susan from Dulwich. She's sixty three today, and in the background, there's Bjork like. Oh. <laughs> as Brett says it's the most incredible yeah. and it comes cuts back to the couch and there's Anne Diamond and whoever the hell it was just sitting there like that <laughs> okay and that was the Sugar Cubes and they obviously I'd never heard it and, yeah. um, you know and for me it was just like this beautiful Some moment of yeah it. live <laughs> TV <laughs> so they stick this on it's, an, it's called this is Sugar Cubes it's yeah, birthday that's beautiful yeah, 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 of course yeah, it is yeah. wrong <laughs> um, but yeah so her uh, debut album called Debut in 1993 uh, was an absolute smash oh, yeah. five, they, they released five singles all five singles um, uh, charted on, on Billboard and uh, you know songs like Human Behaviour Venus is a Boy Violently Happy uh, just amazing mm. it was almost like she burst into this solo career yeah mm. um, and never stopped and that never stopped no yeah. one of those people who just continues to surprise you uh, with everything from you know the sounds and yeah. the look um, and the directions mm. well, she's a modern Kate Bush in a lot of ways like just mm. experiment like great great songwriter great experiment like experimentation yeah. with different yeah. formats and album that was vocal sounds um, I think she did yeah, yeah, yeah there isn't a sound on it that wasn't produced oh, by a human voice yeah yeah, no, I think she you did, wouldn't yeah. know um, 
Yeah, um, I mean, but it, but it's that sort of thing where where you, you you're almost guaranteed on any of, of her albums to at least come across one track where you just sort of sit back and you go, I have never heard anything, anything like that like it. Yeah. before mm-hmm. because it's either it's either got polyrhythms or or where there, there's rhythm going in the background that doesn't really match what she's singing, but it just seems somehow to hang together. Fits in anyway. but, just, but yeah. even her um, like vocal gymnastics, oh. you know, just it's 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 undeniably hard every time you hear it mm. but it's always new and it's always like you know challenging but still beautiful like I don't know yeah. how she's managed to do that but she started off in the sugar cubes when she was so young as well yeah. she's kind of like prodigy you know was she I don't know enough of the history of the sugar cubes was, was she writing at that point or did she only start writing really when she know. sort of went out she, she, just, she was just a yeah. singer in that band and yeah. there was another main yeah. vocalist a guy called Aina and he was like allegedly mm. Idiot, but you know, um, she kind of stole the show. You know, sure. it really yeah. was just this. You had this vocalist as part of mm-hmm. the Sugar Crew's a great band, like yeah. musically. Yeah. Um, so she just her vo- her voice was just like another instrument. Yeah, yeah. Know, so. But but it's also the amazing thing too of is it the is it the the because you sort of go okay, you're from Iceland, small population, you know, small country, but such an amazing, you know. Does that somehow, you know, how does that contribute to the sound and the? You're saying that people from small coal countries are just phenomenal in general. Potentially, <laughs> what have they got? What else they got to do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, maybe, and maybe that could Smart be. Just turn off the air in the sun all yeah, day, sure. you know. Enjoying themselves. Enjoying themselves. Yeah, yeah. Just well. sitting about being dreary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you've got your own zombie bunker. Yeah, 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 I like it. Mm. Yeah, perfect. Mm. Except the real people are outside. <laughs> <laughs> Twice as scary as the zombie. I'd throw it's not even, he's not even a zombie and he's eating zombies brain. <laughs> Get off me, you. I'd throw in another um, act here, and that is from you know a band I don't think I've mentioned before, and that's Genesis. Um, oh. But again, not the, not the two that you'd think of as going off and doing you know, highly successful solo projects mm. in, in Collins and Gabriel. This is oh. uh, Mike Rutherford. Yes. Went off to form Mike and the Mechanics, of course, had some 80s really? hits. There you with, go. Um, yeah, what is it? Had all several I, hits. All I Need Is a Miracle. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Is it All I Need Is a Miracle? And then in oh, the very late 80s, early 90s, Living Years. Years. Living Years, which yeah, was a yeah, huge yeah. hit. Beautiful, oh. beautiful, beautiful song. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Straight as a monkey. <laughs> God. I'm supposed to only try and sleep now. We're <laughs> <laughs> in such a nice time talking about you know, sugar cubes. Just and all a, that. Such and a talented guy, and that was his little side project, Michael McKinnick. So they had it. Yeah, they had a few. Uh, yeah. Paul, Paul Carrick. See it loud. Like yes. See it. Ah, oh, brings tears to your eyes every time. Okay. See it. See it with me. See it loud. Uh, say it clearly. Clear. Yeah. You can wear scissors when you hear. You know the words. Yeah. Oh, God. Here you are, putting the in. I think oh. you're a closet fan. Let's open up Kev's closet. Hey, hey, it's full of Genesis and Mike Rutherford. <laughs> Anyone who's ever had a father, that's a yes. very, Anyone very, very who's emotional ever had song. a father. That's yeah. right. Very emotional song. Yeah, it was emotional for me when they didn't stop playing it for <laughs> what felt like a decade. Oh my God. The only song that broke my heart more than that was that um, Scorpion song. Oh, that, um, what a great song. Yes. Corky Winds Park. Winds of Change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Winds of Change. Yeah. Oh, good. Brilliant. Brilliant. God. Brilliant. 
I, so, so I'm going to throw. I'm going to throw one more in there. One more in, just because I want to play the song in the in the you know when I insert yes. it later, yeah. mm. not to give away the magic of the of the podcast. <laughs> oh. um, and that is Temple of the Dog, and particularly the song Hunger Strike. So Temple of the Dog, made up of a couple of Seattle's biggest mm. uh, you know grunge artists at the time. Uh, I don't know. I can't recall the exact details of the story, but basically. Uh, a band member from a, another band had had died, and these guys got together. Uh, so you're talking about Chris Cornell, from, you know, um, and basically all Pearl Jam, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. What you know came together to to create Temple of the Dog and released an album, uh, and big song off it was called Hunger Strike, and brilliant, brilliant song. Chris Cornell and Eddie Vedder trading like vocals on the yeah. song. I mean, how does get, doesn't get better than that, you know? So, yeah, we're still going. No, and then let's do Curry Gal. I if you check the news in the last you know, <laughs> five years or so. Um, yeah, good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've lost all our Chris Cornell fans. Yeah, good one. Sorry, yeah. I just. Yeah, but it's just less vocal treating. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just so much talent one in one place yeah. at one time. Brilliant. Song Chris does a lot of the unsung songs. Correct. <laughs> mm. All right, and on that note, unfortunately, <laughs> on that on the unfortunate note, we might uh, leave it there. Do not um, ending. Oh, again, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> again, get onto the Facebook page. Tell us uh, your favourite uh, side projects and solo projects. Or to register your complaints against or Lord Or complaints and against Lord Al. Join yeah. the queue, motherfuckers. <laughs> That's right. More more. So thank you very much for joining us. And please, we'll see you again on the Lords of Loud. don't forget to check out our website lordsofloud.com and also find us on instagram and facebook both at lords of loud thanks for listening